Hello and welcome to LDS Transitions. So, this is my first episode, uh, and part of my transitioning is I'm recording this uh, without my family's knowledge, and so a lot of times when I'm recording this, I'm not in a necessarily quiet place. Right now I'm outside, I'm walking the dog, and um, there's going to be possibly car sounds, there may be birds or whatever. So I apologize for the audio, but at the same time, I don't have a lot of capacity right now to give you the best audio, and I also uh, don't have the time right now to clean up all the audio. So I apologize in advance, uh, and I'll try to speak loud enough and clear enough and hopefully give you content quickly and uh, able to be uh, presented to you in a way that you can consume and, and it's not taking up a lot of your time. Um, so my initial part is to talk about transitions. Uh, what is a transition? Um, and to kind of start off with, before talking about what a transition is, is I want to talk about something that Bill Real and a lot of others have talked about as well, is uh, about your core beliefs, about your you know, things that are central to your core. Uh, a lot of times religion and politics are very difficult to talk about because of the fact that there's a lot of fight or flight instance for someone that isn't in the same narrative that you are. So we've got, you know, we see this with sports teams, we've got rivalries. You know, I just can't understand BYU players, you know. I, I grew up as a BYU fan, so I'll pick on BYU. Um, but people that are not BYU fans, like U of U fans, they just don't see the BYU mentality and perceptions and, and, you know, the true blue all the way through. Go Cougars attitude. Hey, that run. Um, but the, the point is that you've got these diversities. You've got a tribe. You've got a core values or core teachings that are true to us and make up kind of our identity. And that's, you know, that's my core identity growing up was, hey, I'm Mormon. And we have the fullness of the gospel and truth and God and prophets. Uh, through us, we have priestly power that's been restored from Peter, James, and John. You know, that's come down from Abraham, from Melchizedek. And we have the power of God. And as long as we're righteous, where we are worthy to hold that priesthood, and if we exercise faith, anything's possible according to God's will. People will be healed. People will be resurrected through the keys that Christ holds. Only Christ holds the keys of resurrection. But He holds that, and that's a free gift. You know, and so I can go down a, a belief. Uh, a structure of my belief growing up and you know my tone please don't take it as offensive I'm just trying to use passion of what I um, what was my narrative growing up and what is my narrative now we'll get to that but I'm so much as far as taking a step back and viewing everything from outside of the box you know we tend to take our core beliefs our core identity things and we put them in a box. I'm a Dodgers fan. You know, uh, those in a mixed faith marriage, I highly recommend that you 
attempting to merge on a tightrope. Um, and Alan is a Dodgers fan, if I remember right. So um, I have nothing bad to say about Dodgers. Or really getting too good because they're not part of my identity and tribe. But Alan, um, I mean, just a little bit that I've heard from Alan talk about the Dodgers. You know, that's, that's gorgeous. He's a Dodgers fan. And he loves it. He embraces it. He goes down for like spring training or, or something to that effect. You know, I can't speak for him because I don't know the lingo, but obviously it's not part of my tribe, my identity, my core belief system. I'm not a Dodgers fan, you know? And I think part of what's interesting with me is that in a lot of ways I didn't know what my identity was growing up. Like what football team? I still don't have a football team that I've associated with, but everybody else does. You know, or more than, for the most part, you know, if you're athletic, if you're a sports person, you know, you've got your football team. And, you know, I grew up playing soccer, and there weren't any professional soccer teams around. So when Real Salt Lake came out, it was awesome. When, uh, oh, the Utah Freeze, if anyone remember the Utah Freeze, they're an indoor soccer semi-pro team. They were awesome. They were fun to watch, you know? And then they died out. And then we moved away from Utah. And I haven't, you know, I can't go to a DC United game. DC United. I'm a real Salt Lake fan. But then I don't want it because sometimes their games aren't broadcasted in my area. And I get busy with life. And I don't even know the players. And I failed being a real Salt Lake fan. You know? Um, so... Sometimes their narrative, their cores, their beliefs, you know, whether if it's sports or whatever, sometimes they affect us. If you don't go to church for a while, you know, you're not, a, you're not that TBM, that true believing member that you used to be because you haven't been to church for six months. And, you know, you realize that life doesn't fall apart. And, you know, and I can say this, a lot of COVID stuff with, uh, with the year 2020, you know, Many of us haven't been to church for months. Shame on you. Get back to church. Um, we're still doing home church. And I'll talk about that a little bit in other episodes. But, um, you know, home church right now kind of rocks. You know? <laughs> Our start time? You know, we're never late. We are never late. We're all on time. And uh, we get a kick the hands. Sometimes we get a pick of topics, and that's another subject, and I'll talk about that again on another episode. But, uh, you know, things that are core to our identity kind of fluctuates with, you know, where we are, you know? Are we in proximity to those things? You know, do we see our tribe frequently? Do we feel distance from our tribe, you know? A lot of members are very hard right now because they don't have people to see every Sunday. And you kind of feel out, fall out of a relationship. Um, my wife and I have had struggles with the friendship. Uh, there's some hurt feelings. And we don't see him all the time anymore. So it's harder to repair. It's harder to know, well, what do they really think? What do they think that we really think? You know, is, is time here? Or is distancing from them? Do you know how to feel that? I don't know. 
But my point is, is you know, our core, our identity can evolve and change. But what doesn't change a whole lot is our politics, our political tribe. But oftentimes that doesn't change. Oftentimes we don't change as far as, you know, if you're a true diehard Dodgers fan, a lot of times sports teams are with you till forever, right? Um, but religion, stuff that you grew up with as a kid, as far as the concepts on deity, on life after, the concepts of uh, what makes sense on things that are faith-based. What's interesting is that things that are faith-based, oftentimes, where you have to use faith, are so tied to the core of your being that it's very traumatic if someone opposes it. A lot of times you talk about politics or religion and what Bill Real talks about, you go into lizard mode and your brain just doesn't, you know, you go in this fight or flight. You go from A to Z with your emotions and it is painful. It's hurtful. You know? We, uh, my wife and I uh, were walking out of the building and we saw a co-worker of mine. I introduced her to them. You know, and I was new to the brick and I knew they were in the board, and um, he's not a member. Her records are still on the church, and uh, I made a joke of, hey, I'm in the Bishopric, so, you know, I just want to let you know, you know, I'm not going to stomp on anything or send home teachers away or anything. You know, and I, I kind of made a bite, but, it, you know, I didn't know better. It set off a trigger for her of being very defensive, and the church being a cult and you know I I have total respect for my friend and his wife and you know I knew that she'd had some serious issues and I wasn't trying to hit that trigger well my the, the wife of my friend my co-worker uh, her triggering triggers my wife who's my mom my wife is automatically now triggered because someone's like cult and, and so I'm just like oh okay. And so, you know, we just try to be us, like, you know, we say, hey, we'll have to get together for lunch or something, or dinner or something, and, you know, and, you know, I, I texted my number and didn't hear from him again, so that's a relationship I need to repair, and, you know, sorry for what was said, well, at the moment or something, you know. Um, but at that time, I was very much in uh, a narrative. Um, and my wife definitely is of uh, this narrative of you know, don't don't attack you know even though uh, one one's being triggered one way and saying that you know, definitely dare talk about home teaching and, you know hey we're more in church of the cult so she has this very painful experience she's gone through and that's her visceral reaction to my lighthearted comment, you know, and I was trying to smile and stuff. Then my wife is triggered because of the word cult, and uh, she she goes into defense mechanism, and you know, World War Three started, right? So, uh, you know, um, the the sad thing is, is that because of our core feelings, it's easy to get in these living state minds where we go from A to Z in our emotions or fight or flight. Hey, don't you persecute me. You know? 
when someone tries to bring reasoning to actually analyze and bring things into context and look at things from a thousand feet foot view to look outside of the box to being willing to jump out of the boat and see how things are on the other side you know the Amish and I forget the term for it um, but uh, they have a tradition um, of allowing you know, for you to be able to go and experience the world and then decide what they're going to do so much wisdom in that it gives them the freedom to kind of say hey I can take this all apart I can try to put it back together and if it doesn't fit for me I can walk away right? what wisdom in that um, you know I haven't talked to any Amish about that um, but that's my understanding I haven't done enough research into it to see the complexity of that but isn't that interesting but yet so many of us don't that approach of questioning their own standing. Now, atheists may, if someone grows up in the family, it's like, we don't know what's right, figure it out. You go and figure it out. We don't know what's true, you know? Mom grew up Baptist, dad grew up Catholic, someone's Buddhist, someone's atheist, and they might tell their kids, hey, you go figure it out. You find God or whatever, and you figure it out. That's your journey. But that's not the narrative I grew up with. And so when you don't grow up, having a sense that, hey, I can be critical of my very core belief feelings, and I can change that if I choose to, um, it's, it's very different. And because this foundation is built up, throughout your life of, hey, this is true. This is how things are. This is who I am. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. You know? Um, so, it's, it's a very different, difficult situation. But, with that being said, um, I want to go back to transitioning. And the second factor being the you can't tell, you can't go and change someone's mind. It's borderline. But the second factor is that it's very painful to unravel. Let me emphasize that. Someone that grew up very orthodox Mormon, trying to unwrap myself on Mormonism has been the most painful, hurtful thing, and I didn't want it. I didn't do it because I wanted it. I was seeking truth by seeking ways to help you. So I was in a bishopric. We heard about people transitioning away, about having you know, doubts, about running into historical issues. And I thought, you know, I'm never going to question my faith. I've had these spiritual experiences. Nothing can shake it. What I've been taught and my spiritual experiences, they all line up. And so, me starting to look into things, I took it very much in box approach initially, as far as staying with um, a core belief system and looking at trusted sources. 
as trusted as I thought. And I looked outside of the box. And I took in all types of different sources. But I did it in a reflective manner too. Of, well, what's true, what's not. We'll dive into that further in another episode. But my points are, fun is you can't change someone's belief system. You can't just go and say, hey, here's facts, go change. They have to be open to it. I've never seen someone change without them being open to it. We have apologists in the church that say the most insane things when you try to look at it logically. We will bring that in another episode, but um, we don't even need to talk about that. We don't have to drag into truth claims. But, uh, you know, so you can't change someone. You cannot change a single person. Someone has to be open for change. They have to be able to, within themselves, open that door. Open their hearts to change. Because otherwise it's a fight or flight situation. You don't attack me. You don't tell me I'm wrong. You don't tell me that you know what's right. And as Jehovah Witnesses come by, how many people are saying, yes, please come tell me the truth. I'm so interested. Most people are like, I've got my truths. Thank you for wanting to share. You know, we're happy. You know, have a great day. Right? Uh, hopefully that's that cordial, right? Um, a lot of people, but then you can't unravel that. It's painful. No one wants to dissect and look at their cores and say, you know what, one day I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to see if I'd rather be a Red Sox fan. Or, you know, hey, you know, pirates are pretty cool. I like pirates. You know? Hey, the radars are moving to Las Vegas, so, you know, I'm going to abandon being a 49ers fan. I'm just going to hop over to the Raiders now. Now, maybe that's true in a lot of aspects because they're now in close proximity. You don't have to travel very far. You've got a hometown that you can adhere to. But how many people are going to then say, ah, I'll be a Redskins fan, right? Or I want to be a Yankees fan, right? Um, or someone that's going to jump ship and say, ah, I used to like football, but, you know, yeah, I played it all my life, and all of a sudden, I'm not going to like football anymore, and, you know, uh, I'm going to take up golf, you know, I've always despised golf, but, you know, all of a sudden, I'm going to become an avid golf fan, and I'm going to hate football. How many people do that, right? Well, I grew up more loving it. Loving it. Is to my core. And I always thought that someone that was an atheist, they were evil. They followed Lucifer. They followed Satan. They were just pure evil. So, how have the tables turned? Because I can tell you, I didn't answer it. It's been painful. I haven't wanted any of it at any part of the stuff out of the process. It's been pure health. Process has been there's been true suffering. 
because I'm dissecting and having to take apart things that were to my core that I realized that marijuana fit the narrative and the reasoning and the logic that I've applied spiritually to my life. And so, yeah, it's And, um, so what, what do we do with that? That's what you need to do. You need to figure out your path. You can, no one else can do it to you. And if you feel like you don't fit in the box anymore for whatever reason, whatever that box is, there's going to be people that have walked a similar journey to you that will understand. There's going to be a lot of people inside that box. transitions are hurting. It's not something they want. No one I've talked to has said, I wanted this. No one. And no one. No one wants to jump ship. But oftentimes we feel like we're being thrown overboard. We feel like what we understand of integrity and honesty has been compromised. Regardless of where you come from. Maybe it's Scientology. Maybe it's Mormonism. Maybe you're, maybe you just are despised by, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates and you want to be a Dodgers fan. And that would be painful because all your friends like the Dodgers, right? Or, sorry, the Pirates. And, but now you have Alan. He's a Dodgers fan. But, um, so, transition is not something people want. And then to talk to people about why you transition or something you very hell do. It's uh it's hurtful. And there's real reactions in relationships and families that are lost in this. And it's painful. And the sad thing is is that organizations that we know things of why people transition but they ignore it doesn't help the situation. It's much easier to stay in an organization when they're honest and transparent and they're still welcoming. But oftentimes that doesn't feel like the case. Oftentimes it doesn't. Oftentimes they're not able to change to help you when you change. Um, I haven't looked into community of Christ. Um, but from what I've heard of the community of Christ, they understand it and they're welcoming to all people. Whatever you have spirituality-wise, you know, it's very much, hey, come and go through the journey with us, you know. So it's, it'll be interesting if my path ever goes to community of Christ or any spiritual or, or uh, community type of situation.
be safe, be kind, be love yourself, you know, find to love yourself, you're worthy, you matter, you're worth, you are enough, you are enough, and be safe and talk to you later.